This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you in. Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Here's Speroni. He rolls the ball out to Cannon. He's got options in front of him. He picks out Thomas. This is a nice-looking move from Palace. That's a neat ball to Ambrose. A space on the right. Good turn. He crosses into Johnson. Oh, yes. Back of the nest. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Back of the Nest preview podcast. I am your host, Terence Ford of redandbluearmy.co.uk, and I have literally just arrived back from Middlesbrough, so I'm trying my utmost to remain upbeat. Albert and Heskiff are back together like Neil Warnock at his last job in football and we're discussing the ridiculousness of the English newspapers, delusional Arsenal fans and swearing at children before reviewing the Middlesbrough game and previewing our trip to Chelsea. Red and blue is the colour. So I've like got through the door like 20 minutes ago from Middlesbrough, um, stayed overnight, worked from one of my stores up there the next day. So um, I'm I'm still a little bit mad, but we'll get into that as we go along. Um, I've got Albert Curley with me. Big up yourself. Big up yourself. How was your holiday? It was very nice. Thank you, mate. Very relaxed. Uh, got a slight tan. Slight um, tan. Slight tan. Allowed, you know, allowed myself out of the uh, out of the shadows um, with factor fifty. You know, safety first. Of, of course, of course. Um, and yeah, um, lots of lots of cold Greek beer. Excellent. And um, Heskiff, you managed to escape from the university today uh, with your sanity still intact. I did just about. Um, and further to Albert's holiday, I now have a nice folder of photographs on my phone of Albert swearing at me. <laughs> so it was a uh, time well spent in Greece. I no think. more than you deserved. Thank you. Right. Um, so what we're drinking this week, is it is it the usual Moretti and some farmhouse cider, Albert? No, I've just, I, I, you know, come home to an empty fridge. Uh, but there was... Um, a few uh, bud, bud, uh, bud, what are they called? Budweisers. Sorry, <laughs> talk there for a second. Um, there's a few Budweisers lurking at the back, so I'm tucking into one of those. Was yeah, and all that. This bud's for you. This bud's for me, actually. Other beers are available. For example, like the one Heskiff's drinking. Like the one I would be drinking. <laughs> If I had one, um, I'm drinking water. Boringly. Sorry. Let, letting the side down there, big time. Uh, Gypsy Hill beatnik standard for me this week. Very nice. Um, <laughs> pre show. What was Patrick O'Connor drinking when he was on it last week? He doesn't drink alcohol. <sighs> Not a very good replacement, then, is he? Let's be honest. Sorry if you're listening, Patrick. <laughs> um, I've had lots of people coming and saying how good of a show it was, Albert. So, um... Well, I wasn't one of them. <laughs> you're 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 in the um you're in the sh- in the seat today you've got to make it count um pre-show <laughs> albert's son was uh hovering around the microphone and um it was before Hes- heskiff had joined us and uh albert you know being a good dad was like say hello to my football friends and um 
put the headphones on him. And as soon, literally as soon as the headphones must have touched his ears, what? What, what, what happened? <laughs> in, in, I, in I charge, like Alexander Serlot, <laughs> um, dropping F-bombs all over the show. Um, I, got, I got shouted at by Terence. I got laughed at by Billiam. There was no there was no swear button, so it was unfiltered. Um, Albert's fine. Albert doesn't care. Oh, bearing in mind that he had he had headphones on, so I couldn't hear any of this. I, you know, he was just idly chatting away, and then I just heard Terence through off the headphones going whoa 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 whoa. So I knew something had happened. <laughs> F- followed by a, a swift uh, sorry 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 on the WhatsApp. <laughs> yeah, it's fine. Don't worry. Um and then Wife doesn't listen. After, after your son after your son had gone to bed, um you then shared a story. Shall we is this shareable? Uh well they don't <laughs> I don't know these people and I'm pretty sure they don't listen to the the show. Do you want <laughs> listen, if you want me to t- say it, I'll say it. Say it and we'll we'll make Billy and make the decision after. Okay. So yesterday at Stansted Airport, we got off the plane. We were in passport control, uh, and Arthur had made a little mate on the plane. A little—I'm no, not going to say his name, just just in case. Uh, um, he has the name of a German footballer that plays a Palace. Yes, um, <laughs> his name was Maya. No, and he—he uh, uh, was quite—he was a little rapscallion of a little chap. Uh, and in this massive, massive passport control queue, he was just—you know—he's playing up and. So invented a game where he just kind of very very gently but intentionally was sort of just you know headbutting his mum in the the backside shall we say and uh you know it was just you know fun to watch for about five seconds but it really took a turn when he just decided to stop dead in his tracks and announce to the whole of the passport and it was a very very busy i can't emphasize how busy this passport queue was it was about half an hour just decided to announce my <laughs> My mum's vagina's really smelly. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. Uh, have, yeah. have, have kids, they tell you. Have, have children. Um, yeah, mm. and that's the thanks you get. Uh, has Arthur ever done anything like that to your lovely wife? <laughs> uh, no. Nah, uh, probably, if I think about it. Yeah, you know, kids say inappropriate things. The thing is, he's, we were talking about it in the car on the way home, me and my wife, not me and Arthur. Um, <laughs> You know, he's four. I, I, I raised the question, does he know that that's what he's done is wrong or is he just speaking with complete honesty out of pure naivety? Um, mm. Joe seemed to think that, that was, you know, it was purely intentional. I just, you know, if, 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 if he shouted out, my dad's got smelly feet, you wouldn't really bat an eyelid, would you? Mm, true. Because well, he's dropped a V-bomb. If everyone if, was outraged, if Arthur isn't doing this exact same thing the next time you're in an airport to your wife, I'd be very disappointed with you as a father. <laughs> I managed to distract him. I'm, I managed to distract him. And, and boy, I, I'm, not, I'm not even going to get into what you're insinuating. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I, I managed to do a very, because the moment he, the moment he said the first syllable of that, that key word in that sentence, I was, Oi, oh, Arthur, look at the oh, look, there's an airplane over there. <laughs> Just ignoring that it had ever happened but yeah what he heard and tomorrow he's just going to be running around saying vagina at school so good news <laughs> still on half term i'd be saying it in the comfort of my own home so we can deal with that well talking of four-year-olds i feel like four-year-olds must write newspapers these days because obviously um one of the big stories this week was wilfred zaha talking about the racist abuse that he got and the threats to his family after um having the audacity to be fouled in the penalty area, you know, um, the player that fouled him, the manager of the team that the penalty was awarded against, Mark Clattenburg, everyone said it was a penalty, but, you know, an Arsenal fan who we'll get into called DT, I think his name is, um, all ended up wading into Wilfred Zaha in various ways. And um, he shared this with the world and obviously said, you know, I'm still live, I'm still living my life and I'm all right, guys. Don't worry about it. But the newspapers picked up on it as they do now because Instagram seems to be their main source of stories to write about. And um, lo and behold, talking about a racist story, they post a picture of Aaron Wan-Bissaka under the suggestion it's Wilfred Zaha. 
And not to be outdone, the Daily Mail um, competes with the iPaper and actually says, um, <coughs> has a picture of Aaron Wan-Bissaka slide tackling someone with the caption saying it's Jeffrey Schlupp underneath. Um, beggar's belief, doesn't it, Heskiff? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it doesn't really surprise me for one of those papers, to be honest. But um, yeah, I, I think there was um, an apology from the Independent or the I, whatever it's called now, saying that the original story was going to be about Wan-Bissaka. <laughs> but then it became a story about Wilf and they just didn't change a photo. That, that's, uh, uh, so, that is bollocks. I'm not having any of that. That What, what sort of apology is that? You must, do you, as a spokesperson for the iPaper, Heskiff, defend them immediately. <laughs> hey, listen. I love both equally. <laughs> Um, I mean, it's, yeah, it's pretty bad. I mean, even if it's, I don't know, it's, it's just something that should be picked up in it, let alone in in a story that's about mm. racism. It's not a great, it's not yeah, a great I mean, look. I don't understand how, what is the process? How does that happen in a newspaper? Is someone writing the article and someone else putting the picture? And where are they getting the picture from? Like, is is it not correctly labelled up? Did someone label that up as Wilfred Czar? I'm just... I'm so confused about it, how it all works as a process and how that picture actually gets through all the stages of someone putting it on the page and going, yeah, that's a great picture of Wilfred Zaha. So then it being edited and going, yeah, that's a great picture of Wilfred Zaha. So then, you know, you need an actual people on the internet to tell you that you're idiots. Um, but yeah, so... Um, as a the giveaway there should have been if, if he was making a tackle, it's clearly not with Zaha. <laughs> well, not a well-timed one, that's for sure. <laughs> um, and obviously a lot of this um, abuse that Wilfred Zaha came off the back of some prominent Arsenal fans um, suggesting that he cheated by diving for the penalty, which is just stupid. It's obviously not the case. It's a clear foul. Um, and this was your social media pick of the week, um, Heskiff. Uh, if you remember, because I think your wife sent it to me in a DM to say, this is this is Heskiff's social media for the week. Do you remember? Yes, vaguely. What she what she sends on DMs about me, I'm not sure <laughs> I want to know. So it was. I can read it because I've got it up here. She said it was the tweet from when he said, just watched our second goal again. And I don't know why people are complaining. It's a clear foul on Lacazette. He then puts his arm up to appeal for a foul. The ball hits his arm and it's completely accidental on his part. Okay, it's handball, but it's a penalty before that. <laughs> yeah, I do remember that. I also remember, I'm, I'm going to paraphrase because I don't think there's enough uh, space in the swear jar for that it's just what a load of rubbish like you know calling will for cheat whatever we're used to it it's wrong it's annoying but you whatever whatever but but to to come back i think that was like a, his second tweet about it as well so he's obviously thought about it and then said you know oh he's actually appealing for a foul and that's why he's going to get fight just stop talking rubbish mate you you haven't beaten Palace. In fact, you deserve to lose to Palace. So pipe down, be happy with your point. Um, I just, uh, you know, like Arsenal fan TV or whatever it's called, AAA TV or whatever. You know, it's funny when they lose and, and all that. But some of the stuff that I'm, I'm sure these people say stuff just to get retweets and, you know, get people talking or whatever. But he, he, he then sort of dug out Palace fans saying that we're in their shadow. And then the next day or a few hours later, it's like, oh, can't we all just be friends? It's like, it's because everyone's told you you're an idiot. I even spoke to my mate at Sports Arsenal and he was like, oh, yeah, he's a swear jar word here. Oh, it wound me up. It wound me up. I pretended that I didn't remember what she was talking about, but now I do. And I wound we, up again. We might have been in that shadow if they didn't trade off to North London. But um, there you go. <laughs> but yeah, he's definitely just... I'd, He's struggling to fit in now, right? He's He made his name in a bad time for Arsenal. I say a bad time for Arsenal. It's obviously not a bad time. It's all perspective, I guess. But um, he made his name by basically shouting a lot, shouting Wenger out a lot and stuff like that. And now he's got nothing to moan about. So now he's trying to, you know, I've still got to be this personality that I've created. And um, yeah, needless to say, he's, uh, he's a little bit of a twat. But um <laughs> We've probably got our own fair share of those fans as well. So, um, <laughs> <Lord>. <laughs> speaking of which, Albert, <laughs> what do you yeah, think? 
I'll Let's set him up and you finish him off. Right, we'll end that there. And when we come back, we're going to be talking about Middlesbrough away. Back of the Nest Match Preview Podcast. www.backofthenest.com Shall I tell you what you want to hear as an away fan when you've just made a 260-mile trip up north on a cold Wednesday night and your team's performance has been abject to... That's probably the kindest word I can find to say about it. What you want is your manager to say after, there were a lot of players there tonight who needed a game and they didn't let me down. Heskiff, can you just imagine how much I was raging when I read that on the way out of, out of the Riverside? I don't think it can be put into words, can it, mate? I, I, I thought I had misread it and thought he was basically, was like, well, they've missed their chance here. Do you remember Bristol City away last year when we lost 4-1? He laid into everyone who played, basically. Yeah. And it was a really, really tight, a big tirade of like talking about how they've all let themselves down and, um, you know, this was their chance and they've missed it. That's what I thought as well, but obviously not. Yeah, baffling. I mean, I, I watched, I thankfully didn't travel up to Middlesbrough. Um, like like some hardy supporters such as yourself um, but I did watch the game and yeah I don't know what he's talking about at all yeah um, things like uh, Jeffrey Schlupp didn't, didn't let you down <laughs> I mean you're, you're setting the bar very very low if you were happy with some of the performances there mm, yeah and um, obviously Albert, you can't join this conversation because what, what did you say? You forgot the game was on. I, tra- I was travelling back from holiday yesterday and was out trick-or-treating with <laughs> with my son, not just me walking around. Um, uh, yeah, I forgot it was on and looked and we were 1-0 down. So that's where my interest, <laughs> brief half a second of interest, absolutely nosedived. Um, it's Tony Pulis, it's Halloween, it's Middlesbrough. It's only going to go one way, isn't it, really? Did you choose trick or treat with Max's mum? Second game running, Heskiff, that we've been done by handball, obviously, in the build-up to Middlesbrough goal. Um, uh, what was it? His name was Heath? No, what was his name? Heathcote? Oh, he, oh. What, the person who scored? No, not the person who scored, the person oh. who handballed it. Um, oh. He was that. Their number ten anyway. He was he was actually really good. I thought I thought he had a really good game. Um, yeah, was his name Braithwaite or something like that? Braithwaite, that's yeah, the one. Yeah, yeah. That's I the thought one. he probably got well. Um, yeah, it, yeah. It, it was a handball. I don't. I, I can't say that I noticed it first time round. To be honest, but um, after the goal had gone in, it cut to Roy, who was having a right. Go, he was having a right go, and Pulis sort of must have said something because then he started pointing at Pulis and having a go. Um, but when they showed the replay, yeah, it's, it's pretty clear handball. Yeah, it was. And um, of course, the problem with this is that on the same night in different games in the League Cup, VAR was actually in playing games. But because we wasn't in a Premier League stadium, there was no VAR. So um, does that <laughs> sway you a little bit to, towards supporting VAR a bit more? Because it's two games in a row now where it's basically cost us a couple of points in the league and a place, well, an effective place in a semi final with all due respect to Burton. Yeah, maybe. I mean, I don't know. I think I said it last year when we talked about I'm a bit of a traditionalist, so I don't know how much I like it, but it's inevitable. I think it's definitely going to come. And yeah, it's a bit irritating that when we don't have it, it affects us negatively. Um, I'm sure when when we bring it in next season, we have it. We'll have all of our goals disallowed. Benteke will probably score a hatful, and they'd all be disallowed. <laughs> but why? Uh, bearing in mind it's not in use in the Premier League, what if, you know? Why are you saying we're not in a Premier League stadium, so we couldn't use it? But we're in a Premier League stadium on Sunday, and you know there was a clear handball there. So what are they just trialing it at Premier League grounds? in time for yeah, next year. I, th- I think so. To be honest, I haven't read up enough on it. As as far as I was aware, there was a trial. Um, one weekend they did it for all the Saturday three o'clock games. They just were sort of monitoring in the background. So it was in full effects as if it, as if it was in place. Um, and then they would just share in back their findings. So I think now the technology is all in place and the infrastructure is in place. They're going to start slowly using it as and where they can in cup games, I guess, in Premier League stadiums. Um, 
But yeah, I mean, it's it's inevitably going to come in at some point, isn't it? It's it's just I'm all for it. Yeah, I I am to an extent. For some things, I just I don't think other things. As I said before, when we spoke this about a year ago, and um, I'll divulge because we've probably got new listeners since then as well, and probably lost all the ones that listened to it from before. But um, you know, it's, I've seen so many instances in Italy and Germany where they just get the decision wrong they over they change a decision for the wrong um there was one example i saw in uh, italy where and it was juventus who caught the who benefited from the decision but the guy has levered the ball at a guy from a yard away that his arms by the side of his body and it's hit him in the arm and on var they gave a penalty it's like the guy literally couldn't do anything his arm was in a completely natural position it was no way deliberate he didn't even like see the ball coming and they overruled it and gave Juventus a penalty. So I've just, uh, there's some things I'd like to see it for. So things like where you can actually say without a shadow of a doubt, like the Lacazette one on Sunday, without a shadow of a doubt, that is, that's wrong. That is, it's black and white. There's no, there's no gray areas there. He's jumped up and he's flicked the ball on with his hand. Um, but I don't know. It's a debate for another time, or maybe we just we'll share the link on our socials to go through it there and um, catch up on it there. But I don't know. So I just I, I feel a bit annoyed that VAR was in play in some games last night, and because we're just in a stadium that you know was a Premier League stadium a couple of years ago, doesn't have it, and um, we lose out on an effective League Cup semi final. Um, although saying that, we would have probably drawn Man City away and not Burn at home. So. <laughs> Um, Jordan Ayew, another another game where you'd be hoping that he'd get his goals, find his goal scoring boots, and um, you know score the goals that can continue this cup run. But a lot of running again, Heskiff, but not much end product. Yeah, that's right. Um, I thought he played well against Arsenal, and he his running caused problems, which is what he wanted to, um, especially against a team that's sort of playing further up the pitch and, and being a bit more attacking. But against the Tony Pulis team, especially once they've scored, you know, he him just running around is not really going to do anything. And he didn't offer a goal threat. I think he got a touch in the box once or twice, first half. And it actually ended up, it went, went off for a goal kick rather than a corner or even shot on target. So these are the games really that you would hope he'd take by the scruff of the neck and, get a goal or two in the same way. I mean, I'd hope he did it against Dulwich Hamlet and he looked a bit he looked a bit crap there as well. So yeah, I don't know if if games like Arsenal suit him more. Sound, sounds a bit silly, but I think his his running around is more effective then. But yeah, if you if you if you're not looking dangerous against Middlesbrough, um then I don't know what hope you're gonna have to look dangerous and score goals against even middling Premier League clubs, never mind, you know, Arsenal and Chelsea. Yeah. Albert? Well, yeah, I just think, tying in with what Sam was saying, you know, games against Arsenal are probably better for him because when you play in a superior team like Arsenal, you know that they're going to have the lion's share of possession. So when you haven't got the ball, you know, if, if you're not running and tracking down and trying to put pressure on people, then you're, you know, you're essentially doing nothing. But, you know, the flip side of that is in games where we should, you know, the, the onus is on us to attack, whether that's a Premier League game at home against a lesser team or, you know, a cup game away. That's where you really, you know, you do really expect these players to show, you know, to show what should be their, you know, their superior qualities, I guess. And, uh, you know, he's, he's he's come up short again there and, and the person alongside him up front, you know, looks a bit lost as well. So it's kind of... It's a bit bleak, so you know. You, again, looking forward to this, you know, this game on the weekend. He might, you might find he looks more like the, the player that he was against Arsenal because he's going to have less of the ball, and it's going to be about you know putting the effort in and sort of trying to play the, the margins really. So, but so, there's certainly a, a lack of quality. With that in mind, how do you feel about the following three words: obligation to buy? Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> I, I feel fine about those words in ge- you know in general in the wider context of the world but if you're telling me that it, if there's five words and there's there is no that's six words there is an obligation to buy I'm 
you know, I'm, I'd probably start wavering a little bit. Yeah. Well, there's hopefully a way out of it, but um, uh, something rings a bell in my mind, something about another 13 million on top uh, at the end of next season. And it was all to do with cash flow, which is why we uh, needed to just loan him this year with a fee. So, um, isn't that exactly what Southampton did with Danny Ings? <laughs> Something like that, yeah. Um, an obligation to buy. There was also another Jordan on the field, and this was a Jordan that we were linked with um, last January. I can't remember. Uh, Jordan Hugill from Preston, who went to West Ham instead. He was the guy who was on the West Ham pitch with all the bubbles. <laughs> I can't wait to come out to all these bubbles. Uh, Heskiff, what did you think of his performance? Um, he performed exactly as I thought he would when we were linked with him, actually. <laughs> I thought he was crap. I thought he was a championship, not even a championship donkey. He looked, he, I don't know. He, he looks like the sort of clogger you see in League One who scores, you know, five or six goals a season. Yeah, I think it's fair to say we dodged a bullet, but what was beautiful... Hey, five or six goals a season, sign him up. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, I mean, I know a Preston fan, and uh, the general theory around Preston is that David Moyes already knew that he was leaving West Ham, so he bought Hugel for a bunch of money to help Preston out. <laughs> but um, I don't know. Obviously, that's just speculation. I don't know if there's any truth in that. But what was beautiful about Jordan Hugel and just made me laugh, and just thinking, oh, he was the archetypal Palace signing, was when. Um, Borough scored. Uh, the ball obviously was hit with such pace it bounced out of the net, and Jordan Hugel tried to smash it into the goal, <laughs> and he completely missed the goal and um, actually hit the underside of the roof of the stadium. <laughs> he, missed, he missed it by so far, so um, not very special. But obviously, with that goal that they scored, which I thought was a absolute thunderbolt a beautiful finish outside of the boot you know flew away from Guaita but I saw lots of grumblings on Twitter of people saying that what if Hennessy had conceded that goal you know he should be saving that did you think that Hesketh? I think that's quite harsh um uh, I think I think it's <laughs> oh. <laughs> it like, oh, harsh it's over it's, it's um done. sorry um, done. I was so put out there by someone saying he should have saved it. Um, no, I was, it was a good goal. It was a good hit. I think there were a couple of things that he did during the game that were more dodgy than letting that goal in. There, there, there was, yeah, talk about those, yeah. <laughs> so there was um, one cross, I think it was a cross, that it, it looked like he should have been able to catch quite quite easily and he punched it and it wasn't the greatest of punches and there was a couple of um couple of times where he had the ball at his feet and he was a little bit unconvincing um but there again you know I saw a couple of our players slip over and I don't know what the pitch was like um to 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 say that the goal he should have done better is a bit harsh because it was a good hit and I think it swerved in the air it seemed to it looked like it did um, and it was it was going some as well. It wasn't it wasn't like a P roller. So yeah, I think it, I think it was it was probably his worst performance of the three that I've seen. But I don't think he was awful. Yeah, I thought one of the times he got caught, nearly got caught in session and ended up kicking out of play. I thought one of the one of the times was really wise because there was literally no option on, and the other time Pap Soiree sold him really really short. So um, he was having a bit of a struggle and then didn't have an option. So. I think in context, I, I think people are overreacting a little bit there. Um, one of the other players that came in, uh, Jaira Riedewald, um, I thought he had a decent game. Um, didn't really look to struggle at centre-back. Uh, dealt with the high ball quite well. Good range of passing. Um, switched to play up quite a lot with very accurate raking crossfield passes. So, um, you know, I, I think it's again, he needs needs some game time. We get some game time. I think there's a player in there. Um but I guess we'll end on the positive for the night, and that was Sam Woods getting on the field, which is another academy graduate um, making his debut. And, of course, Sam Woods, lifetime Palace fan. And he said after the game, it's mixed emotions, really. Obviously, I'm really disappointed to be out of the cup, but very happy to have made my debut. I'm just trying to learn every day in training, and even in the game today, I'm learning all the time. Um, that's all I'm trying to do at the moment. My dad and sister are in the stands, so it was really nice. They come up to support, and I saw them at the end. And um, you know, obviously it was another youth 
uh, project that's got into the team based on an injury happening because Pap Suarez had to go off injured. But um, he acquitted himself quite well, didn't he, Sam? Yeah, he looked, he looked pretty good. Um, obviously, he didn't have a lot of time on the pitch, but he hit a couple of nice passes. He um, There was one one bit of play where he had a couple of players around him and he, he knocked it past them and sort of bombed up the pitch, which was really good to see. Um, didn't look overawed at all, and that's all you can all you can ask, really. Um, so, yeah, really chuff for him. It's great that he's a Palace fan, and it's obviously great that there's someone in the team called Sam. <laughs> <laughs> yeah okay um I'm, I'm sure everyone is thinking the same thing uh but yeah it's great it's great for a youth another youth player to get on the field there um and hopefully we can you know implement that more as obviously one Masaka shown zaha shown these are we can do it out of our academies so and hopefully with the the way we are as a Premier League team now, hopefully we can sort a training ground and actually, you know, get the youth team more involved and attracts better players because, you know, a boy from Croydon, for example, scored for Arsenal last night. These are players that we don't want to be missing out on. These are players that we want to be getting through in our academy. Right, that's enough of Middlesbrough. I've had enough. So after this, we're going to come back and talk about Chelsea. Back of the Nest Match Preview Podcast. www.backofthenest.com If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full important safety information, visit juviderm.com. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. Back of the Nest Match Preview Podcast www.backofthenest.com Right, in my frantic rush back from Borough um, I made some notes on the train <laughs> The first one is Are you ready for this, Albert? Michael Oliver is the ref I, there's, there's, there's nothing else it just, it just says Michael Oliver is the ref Well, that, that, that kind of throws me Because I've, I've got a mate called Mike Oliver Who is a Chelsea fan So, no <laughs> I hope I really hope that's not an omen. Well, that's that would be in keeping with their League Cup game against Derby, where a player on loan to Derby from Chelsea was allowed to play and scored an own goal. Um, so, if Mike Oliver is a Chelsea fan, also, then I'm really worried. Especially when you look at you know who's in the Derby dugout as well. It's just all a bit. <laughs> it's all a bit dodgy, isn't it? All a bit murky, but you know it's, it's a club run on blood money, so it's fine. <laughs> Well, um, allegedly. Um, Heskiff, they're 10 unbeaten Chelsea in the league this season. Uh, I think it's seven wins and three draws. Um, They're going for a Premier League record for a new manager in job going unbeaten for 11 games. Only one manager's done it in the Premier League before. Any ideas? I mean, you shouldn't have a clue unless you've read it. Alan Pardew. <laughs> Wouldn't that be great? That's, that's what he tells everyone anyway. <laughs> yeah, I, was, I saw a tweet today saying that um, Pardew would still have two years on his Newcastle contract to run of that initial eight-year contract that he signed. Oh, that's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, what's uh, the stat? A new manager winning 10 in a row? No, just uh, not losing that opening 11 games. So their first 11 games as a Premier League manager. Only was one it Mourinho match. at Chelsea? 
No, it's Frank Clark at Forest in 94, 95. Of course, <laughs> of course it was. That would be my second answer. <laughs> oh, old Frankie Clark. So obviously um, we stopped Arsenal on a similar sort of run. You know, Arsenal were going for a record amount of wins. They were only a couple off their record. So um, Heskiff, are we going to ruin this record for them? Do you want the long answer or the short answer? Give me the short one. Short answer is no. <laughs> right. And the long answer is no. <laughs> yeah, partly Hazard due, due to return after he missed out on the, the last couple of games for them. Um, is he just going to be put into the pocket of Aaron Wan-Bissaka along with Obama Yang and uh, Alexis Sanchez and all that's come in between? I'd like to say yes. I think... I think Juan Bissaka will probably do all right against him, but he's been one of the best players in the league from what I've seen so far, Hazard. So if he marauds around eight of our players and bangs it in the top corner, I won't be overly surprised, unfortunately. But it's typical, isn't it, that he's, in inverted commas, out for a bit, but then comes back into the team against Palace. It's uh, typical. And and also, we all know that Ruben's going to come on and score as well, don't we? <laughs> Uh, Albert, my theory is if Loftus-Cheek scores, um, I'd quite like him to just come and celebrate in front of the away fans just so um, we can all let it go and then just accept that he's never coming back. Yeah, that's quite uh, it's quite Shakespearean, isn't it? Sort of quite gladiatorial. Um, he's not coming back. He's never coming back, uh, whether he scores or not. So, yeah, but if that's what it, if that's what it takes to put the nail in the coffin and, and, and kill the little hope that some people are still holding, then I'm all for it. No, I'm not all for it. Um, yeah, he's, it's, it's in the stars, isn't it? He's he's get, getting some game time now. He's obviously scored a hat-trick and he's being talked up and I think Sarri's come out and said he needs to work on his defensive game. I could have told him that a year ago. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so he's going to come on, not do any defensive work. Um, yeah, he's going get to get on the score sheet, isn't he? Yeah. Are you happy for him? I, I mean, I, I really don't like Chelsea. Um, so I find it hard to be happy for a player doing anything for them. But um, after his efforts that he made for us, especially when he came back from injury, um, are you glad to see him progressing at Chelsea? Uh, now, you're, now you've you know, posed a direct question. Um, no. No, like, listen, I think he did very well for us. But I think he did, uh, you know, uh, what did he have, like 10 games when he came back from injury? Something like which, that. Something like that, which he obviously did very well in. Um, and it coincided with our run that kept us up. So, you know, massive credit to him. And I was a big fan of him at that time. But, you you know, you've already mentioned the Bristol Rovers, you know, shambles tonight. You think about what he did in the first maybe similar amount of games, eight, 10 games. And I, I, I thought he was awful. And yeah, that lack of defensive sort of awareness was the was the major factor for it. So as as good as he was in the last ten games, I'd argue to say he was almost as you know equally ineffective. The, you know, in the first part of his past career, so for me, it's sort of like a it's an even balance sheet. He did very well, he, and but he, he you know he, he owed us, I think. You know, but but at the same time, I'm appreciative of his efforts. Mm. So seeing him in a Chelsea shirt isn't really going to upset me too much. You know, best of luck to him. Um, I would just like to apologise to my best friend Dan for, on the behalf of Albert there for confusing Bristol Rovers with Bristol City. Um, I will make sure it never happens again. <laughs> it was a very confusing night all round. <laughs> um, on a little diatribe from that, I was last weekend I was in Barnsley for a wedding and um, the Bristol Rovers team were in the same hotel as me. So um ended up having a couple of glasses of wine with Bristol Rovers manager and just uh, chewing, chewing the fat, you know. Um, and Play the shit or the gas. I can never remember. They're, they're the gas. They're the gas. They're right. the gas. Gotcha. And um, but at the same time, was like telling him I think it's going to be really tough, and they were going to lose one nil, and they lost one nil. <laughs> um, right. We talked about IU in the Middlesbrough game. I uh, didn't talk so much about Solot. So Heskiff, did he do enough against Barra to del- dislodge IU for this one? Oh, that's a tough question. I don't think he did enough against Middlesbrough. No. However, neither did I you. So it's a tough one. Who, were, who was least <laughs> Oh, God. 
Probably are you because he went off. <laughs> um, I, I, TKO. <laughs> I, yeah. I, Sir, Sir Lot for me, like he had a good little cameo against Arsenal, absolutely. Um, his best 20 minutes, 25 minutes for Palace for sure. And he was effective and he set Wilf up there before the when he got fouled for the penalty. But against Middlesbrough, it's just, and we were talking about it um, just before we, we started recording, but his footballing intelligence is what seems to let him down. Um, you know, that there was one cross in particular, I'm pretty sure it was Maya who put it in and it was it was really begging to be attacked. And you would think that an on-form Benteke, all right, you know, two years ago now, but an on-form Benteke, a, a Connor Wickham would be, levering that into the net um really attacking the ball and, and getting the header in and scoring um but Serlot sort of didn't make a run towards the ball and then he sort of skipped in the air a little bit and it just got cleared quite easily um and you just think you know if, if you're to be the main man and if, you, if you're to lead the line then you need to do better than that and if we only get one chance a game but it's as across as good as that then you've got to score it um you know, and I think apart from that, his his you know he wanders out to the the wing for a bit, and he sprints for a bit, and then stops when he when he shouldn't, and he stops when he should be sprinting. He, I think that he's got some attributes that that can be useful, um, but on the pitch, <laughs> well, he's tall. He'd get something off he's the top shelf. Yeah, exactly. He's a good um, he's a good looking guy as well. Those are good attributes to have. Apparently so. I wouldn't know. Um, <laughs> But no, I've, I, he, that's he, why you he, hate him. Yeah, yeah, it's that square jaw bastard. <laughs> um, he just he he did nothing yesterday to make me think that he should play against Chelsea. Put it that way. Yeah, I I kind of feel a bit sorry for Serlot in terms of uh, it's not his fault we went and bought him for a load of money and just throw, thrown him in and said, "Here you go, nineteen year old or twenty year old, whatever you are, deal deal with Premier League football, having never played in England." Um, I've said it before, I think he could do with a season in the championship, that's for sure. And um, after his performance at West Brom, West Brom were very interested in um, a potential loan deal in January. But obviously we don't have that luxury to be sending out people on loan at the moment who are that close to the first team. Um, And he was excellent in that West Brom game. But um, as he was excellent when he came on against Arsenal, it's... So it's just finding some consistency. It's getting him standing in the right places. As you said, Heskiff, I think he's a bit um, he's a bit naive when it comes to positioning. Um, He'd do well to watch videos of Glenn Murray, that's for sure, um, about where to stand and how to um, occupy the back line. But he's got he has got good attributes. He's big. He's strong. He's got decent pace. He can he can become a successful striker in the Premier League, but. He's a project, and at the moment, a project is not what we need. We need someone who can actually put the ball in the back of the net. So it's going to be interesting to see how it turns out for him. Uh, we'll finish that there, and then we'll come back with predictions. Back of the Nest Match Preview Podcast. www.backofthenest.com Okay, I've, I put out the poll this week to you guys because... I was on my way back from Borough, as I keep saying, and I didn't want to, well, I couldn't find any energy to do it. So um, I think this was Heskiff's was for a win, Chelsea smile. Um, And then there was a big argument over what we should do for a draw. Um, Heskiff, put forward your argument. My my pun for the draw was draw your pension, uh, as in Chelsea pensioners, obviously. And then Albert, yours was better than Sam's. <laughs> pipe, pipe down. This is a, this is a disgrace. We'll put this to Twitter. We'll put this to Twitter afterwards, and we'll see. Mine was we'll draw, draw, draw at the bridge. At the bridge. Yeah, um, and that's what we went with. <laughs> Mainly because my, as I said, I didn't know what a Chelsea pensioner was. Um, Billiam has reliably informed me that he knew what a Chelsea pensioner was. Did you, Albert? Yeah, I'm going to say it now. I knew full well what the Chelsea pensioners were, but I was just happy to see Sam left to drown after Digging him. Digging the knife in, you were. After, this is a disgrace. Yeah, after him suggesting I should never be allowed back on the show after, oh, Patrick O'Connor was so good last week. <laughs> pa- Patrick would have been all over my one there. Yeah. My pun, my pun, before anyone says anything. 
Um, <laughs> if you showed me that picture that you showed me of the Chelsea pensioners in the red jackets, I would have just assumed they were beef eaters or something. I, uh, my knowledge, obviously, of London is appalling, despite living here for 36 years. Um, Sunday Blues was for the loss, and um, I threw in hazard warning for a big loss of which 40% of you have gone for with 31% going for a loss. So 71% think we'll lose, 13% for a win and 16% for a draw. And of course, nobody went for a, well, very few people went for wins and draws last week against Arsenal. And of course, we ended up getting a very, very good 2-2 draw. And, um, you know, probably, as I said after the game, with a winky face on Twitter, dropped two points. (laughs) Um, From back of the nest, Gusset and Clouds have gone for wins, actually. 2-1 for Gusset, 1-0 for Clouds. And Stefan has gone for a draw. Everyone else has gone for a defeat, naturally. Um, Let's see what people were saying on social media. Um, (laughs) Nathan Jones Therapy is the first one that's popped up. He always makes me giggle. 3-0 Palace Schlupp Hattrick. So we obviously know he is joking around. We'll lose 3-0, says Appetir Steve. All second half goals. Stephen Rodin's got 1-0 Palace. Wilfs to score a late winner. Um, I think I'd be on the pitch via the upper tier if that happened. Uh, Pumba has gone Chelsea 3, Palace 1. Saw lots of score once he stops running around like a headless chicken. And I think that's about all we've got. Oh, and Loftus-Cheek to score a hat-trick. There we go. So, Albert, you, you uh, know, th- th- these are important predictions for you now that you're fighting away at the top of the prediction league. Uh, I think I don't think we'll get. I don't think we're going to get a hammer in. I th- you know, I think we uh, we're fairly solid at the back, and Hennessy's making saves, and but we're still going to lose probably two one. But you know, I consider that quite optimistic. That is pretty optimistic. So we're going to lose two one, but in the yeah. prediction in the prediction league table, you've put that we're going to win two nil. Yeah, would we're going to like, win 2-0, Terry. Would, would you like me to change that for you? Uh, ask me in about five minutes when I've <laughs> finished this second beer. <laughs> and who's going to score our goal if we're losing 2-1? Uh, if we're losing 2-1, I think, I'd like, I'm, I'm thinking uh, Luca. Luca's, Luca's going to just carry on. Carry on. A free well, kick. Well, I mean, he definitely looks much more on it against Middlesbrough so hopefully that those two goals against Arsenal has given him some confidence to kick on and get his season properly underway um Heskiff someone actually came over to me at the bar in the victory after the game against Arsenal and said Heskiff come on (laughs) 4-1 well (laughs) I don't think anyone was predicting a 2-2. <laughs> no, they? no one said so, it's a 2-2. Yeah. Um, I reckon we're going to lose 3-1. I reckon Luca will score. But I think it'll be one of those games where we'll play all right. But in fact, we'll play well. But Chelsea will just be a bit better. Um, so unfortunately, we, we'll go down 3-1. But I've just seen that our producer, Billiam, is going for a 2-1 Palace win with a brace from Zahar. Does, is he predicting the right game? Because he's probably just knee-deep in Red Dead Redemption 2 right now, isn't he? And not actually listening to what we're saying. Yeah, quite true. All cleaning up. Um, catch- <laughs> <laughs> For the listeners, um, Billiam's desk that he produces from is located right next to his cat litter tray. And um, just as we was about to come... I you on- say right next to his cat's arse <laughs> Well, uh, it might as well have been by, um, you know, the outrage that he was just before we was about to start recording that he was expressing down the microphone that he's um furry little friend. Um, right. I'd, and his cat. And his cat. <laughs> we've, not, we've not taken a paste in at Chelsea. Um, we've won, obviously won there twice since we got promoted. And as we were running through before, I don't, I don't remember losing by more than one goal. Um, there was the one the season when they won 1-0 when Hazard missed a penalty but scored the follow-up and they were crowned as champions. I think we lost two, was it 2-1 there last season or 1-0? And 
two. Yeah, and and yeah. Serlot hit the post in that as well. There was a two-one loss as well when Shamak scored. I think he put us in the lead actually that day, or no, he actually equalised. But yeah, so we've we've not been dished out a, a hide in there, and I, I, again, I can't really see that happen this weekend. A team that keeps the ball, lights a intricate passes, basically copy paste what I said about the Arsenal game last week um, with them struggling to break down our sort of very narrow back four um, as it can be when we're in possession of the ball and so on. So I think it will be another 2-1 loss is my prediction this week. Um, You know Giroud's going to score if he's fit. (laughs) Yeah, obviously he's going to score Weldy. But yeah, we'll be in the game, I think. And it will just be a bit of quality at some point. We'll just break us down and uh, we'll, we would have rude a couple of missed chances on the break and that sort of scenario there. But I was, you know, I said the same things about Arsenal last week and we got a 2-2 draw. So I'm actually weirdly not going there completely without hope, um, which probably says it'll end up being 5-0. But <laughs> there you go. Um, we'll be back after this. <laughs> Back of the Nest Match Preview Podcast. www.backofthenest.com Right, time to wrap up. We're definitely not under the 40 minutes that Billiam strives to get under this week. So um, he's not going to be happy in the background. But thank you for producing as always, good sir. Um, I hope the cat smells out of your nostrils. Um, Hambo is at Love Sport tonight. <laughs> um, he is... Uh, um, yeah, so that's been live tonight. So when you you can hear the podcast version of that live show tomorrow in your podcast inboxes. And of course, that can also be listened to on Spotify now, if that is your chosen listening platform. I don't know. What is that? What do you call them, Albert? Listening platform? I feel so old. Yeah, that sounds good, mate. That sounds nice and techy. Yeah. Uh, review show, again, it's a Sunday game this week. That will be Monday night. It's actually happening on Monday night and Hambo will be doing that as he's returned from Vegas. Um, so we won't be... We, we can just preview next week. We'll get an away fan on next week. How about that? Let's um, get this show back to what it is. Um, but, of course, thank you for joining, Albert. Cheers, mate. And- nice to be back. And Heskiff, I think you'll be missing next week because we're not doing Thursdays. So. Shame. Shame. Sorry. So um, I'm sure we'll find an able replacement within the back of the nest harem of people. We'll be back next Thursday as always. But until then, up the palace. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mate's already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Normally being a little extra can be a bit much, but when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. Talk sport. Powered by fans.